Hey guys, Foster here. Just a quick note before we get started today. We are doing something very, very cool in 2020. So this year we are going to do 12 language challenges in 12 months. So on the first day of each month, we will start a new language challenge and each challenge will focus on a specific topic or subject to help you really, really improve your English. For example, we are going to have a challenge about phrasal verbs, a challenge about how to use prepositions, a challenge about how to learn grammar without using textbooks. Anyway, it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun, and we would love to have you participate. So if you are serious about your English, you should really check out these challenges. To learn more and start improving your English today, just visit inglesnuecru.com. Okay, on with the show. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Foster. Just a quick heads up. If you did not listen to the show yesterday, none of this will make sense, probably. So yesterday, Alexia read a short excerpt from a text from Pico Iyer. The text is called Why We Travel. It's one of my favorite travel stories from one of my favorite travel writers of all time. Anyway, yesterday, Alexia read a short piece of that text. And today I'm going to listen to that audio and give her my personal feedback, my comments, um, opinions, thoughts, and I hope you find it helpful. This is very similar to what we do in sound school, to what we're doing with our worksheets. So yeah, let's do it. Stay tuned. Let's get on with the show. Happy Tuesday, everyone! Bem-vindos a mais um episódio de Inglês de Necro Rádio. E como vocês já perceberam, nós estamos falando sobre viagem. A importância de se viajar, ou qual é a diferença entre um turista e um viajante. Essas pequen esses pequenos detalhes. E nada melhor do que você conhecer uma cultura conhecendo uma língua. E para isso, nós temos uma... Uma promoção, né, que vai até o dia 7 de julho, como vocês já bem sabem, que dá 47% de desconto em qualquer plano anual do Cambly. Isso para kids e para adultos. Se você conhece uma pessoa que queira fazer parte do Cambly, dá essa dica desse cupom. No Icru 47 OFF para adultos a partir de 15 anos e no Icru 47 OFF KIDS para crianças entre 3 a 14 anos. Muito, muito importante que não é necessário cartão de crédito, não é necessário nada disso. É só entrar no Cambly.com ou no aplicativo do Cambly, se inscrever e colocar seu e-mail. Sempre vai ter um professor nativo lá te esperando 24 horas por dia, 7 vezes por semana. Isso é maravilhoso. Então, vamos lá. Now, on with the show! Why We Travel by Pico Iyer We travel initially to lose ourselves and we travel next to find ourselves. We travel to open our hearts and eyes and learn more about the world than our newspapers will accommodate. 
we travel to bring what little we can in our ignorance and knowledge to those parts of the globe whose riches are differently dispersed. And we travel, in essence, to become young fools again. So this is probably a good place to jump in for the first time. So Alexia said, to become young fools again. But Alexia is saying foo, foo. So the correct pronunciation is fool, fool. This is a very difficult sound, this final L sound. In linguistics, many times we call this the dark L. But the biggest thing that Alexia needs to focus on here is she is creating too much of a circle with her mouth at the end of the word, which is creating that ooh, ooh sound. In linguistics, we call this lip roundedness. So, Alexia, what you want to do is simply relax your lips, and this is easier said than done. So a good trick or tip to help you with this is simply to smile when you're saying fools, fools, and that will help you prevent making that circle with your lips, which is really giving you that ooh, ooh sound. Okay, let's keep going. To slow time down and get taken in and fall in love once more. The beauty of this whole process was best described, perhaps, before people even took to frequent flying by George Santayana in his celebrity essay, The Philosophy of Travel. Okay, so just a couple of things here. First, uh, Alexia is referring to the Harvard professor, George Satayana. I don't know exactly how to say his last name, so Alexia's guess is just as good as mine. But she mentioned a very interesting word, the word lapidary. Lapidary is not a word that any of you need to know, but if something is lapidary, it can refer to something that is written in stone, which therefore makes it incredibly important and eloquent and sophisticated. But again, unless you are really trying to expand your vocabulary to the max, probably don't need to pay attention to the word lapidary. Okay, let's keep going. We need sometimes, the Harvard philosopher wrote, to escape into open solitudes, into aimlessness. Oh my God, this was hard. <laughs> to escape into open solitudes, into aimless, aimlessness, aimlessness, into the moral holiday of running some pure hazard in order to sharpen the edge of life, to taste hardship, and to be compelled to work desperately for a moment at no matter what. Okay, so just a couple of things here. First, you could hear that Alexia was having some problems, some difficulties with the word aimlessness. So, with our students, I always recommend if you have a very big and complicated word that you break this word down into its most simple syllables so you want to separate it into its most basic parts so in this case we have the word aimlessness which just means aimlessness that you have no idea where you're going so we have aimlessness 
lessness. So start slow, aimlessness, and then you can speed up, improve your speed, and say aimlessness. Also, Alexia was struggling just a bit with the word hazard. Hazard is just something kind of dangerous or something that could give you, I don't know, some physical problems. Uh, I believe Alexia said hazard or something like that. So that first sound is the ah, just like dad, master, disaster. So the correct pronunciation is hazard. And then finally, Alexia said to be compelled. And her pronunciation was uh, not exactly right. So if you were compelled to do something, that means you are almost obliged to do something. It really forces you to do something. Or if a situation is compelling, it really calls you to action. It really calls your attention. Okay? I like that stress on work. Since never more than on the road are we shown how proportional our blessings are to the difficulty that precedes them. And I like the stress on a holiday that's moral since we fall into our ethical habits as easily as into our beds at night. Okay, so I just wanted to jump in real quick and say how that how beautiful that is that we fall into our ethical habits as easily as we fall into bed at night. That is so true, and Pico is a true, true poet. Okay? Few of us ever forget the connection between travel and travail. 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 So, again. Few of us ever forget the connection between travel and travail. And I know that I travel in large part in search of hardship, both my own, which I want to feel, and others. Okay, so here Alexia said, few of us ever forget the difference between travel and travail. Um, her pronunciation of travail was she was having a little bit of trouble at the beginning. So, obviously, to travel, viajar, né? But to travail is, honestly, it is not a word that everyone uses nowadays. This article is a little bit out of date. But to travail is to participate in a particularly difficult and laborious effort. So... For example, if you are working on a super difficult project, you might experience a lot of sadness and then eventually you may travail. Like it's, it's, really, it's really difficult, but it's something that's worth it in, in the big picture. Nah, it's a difficult word. You don't really need to know that one. Okay, let's keep going. Which I need to see. Travel in that sense guides us toward a better balance of wisdom and compassion, of seeing the world clearly and yet feeling it truly. For seeing without feeling can 
obviously be uncaring, while feeling without seeing can be blind. Yet, for me, the first great joy of traveling is simple, simply the luxury of leaving all my beliefs and certainties at home and seeing everything I thought I knew in a different light and from a crooked angle. In that regard, even a Kentucky Fried Chicken outlet in Beijing or a scratchy revival showing of wild orchids on Champs-Élysées can be both novelty and revelation. I feel like I should just jump in really quick to talk about the word crooked, crooked. First, this is what we call the other U sound. The vowel is uh, uh, crooked, cr crooked. So a crook is like a thief or someone that steals, like bungido. But if something is crooked, you could say that a person is crooked, which means they are not honest. They might steal something. But the more normal definition is crooked is like torto, right? Like you are hanging a picture on, on a wall, a painting on the wall, and it is not perfect. It is probably crooked, okay? In China, after all, people will pay a whole week's wakes to eat with Coronel Sanders. It's so hard because Colonel here is with L and I'm reading, so it's Coronel, right? Colonel. Colonel Sanders. Okay, so after all, people will pay a whole week's wages to eat with Colonel Sanders and in Paris. Mikey Wark is regarded as the greatest actor since Jerry Lewis. Okay, so three things here. First, Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. Secondly, um, when Alexia is talking about Kentucky Fried Chicken, the founder of KFC is Colonel Sanders. So this is a perfect example of how in English... We do not pronounce the things that we write in the same way. English is not a phonetic language. So, Colonel is technically spelled C-O-N-O-N-E-L, I believe. Or, Colonel. Uh, yeah, but the way we pronounce it is Colonel. Colonel Sanders. Okay? And Alexia was also struggling with the word wages. Wages is essentially another word for salary. A wage is the amount of money that you are paid for your work. If a Mongolian restaurant seems exotic to us in Evanston, it only follows that a McDonald's would seem equally exotic in Ulaanbaatar or, at least, equally from everything expected. Though it's fashionable nowadays to draw a distinction between the tourist and the traveler, perhaps the real distinction lies between those who leave their assumptions at home and those who don't. Among those who don't, a tourist is just someone who complains. Nothing here is the way it is at home. 
while a traveler is one who grumbles. Everything here is the same as it is. Okay, so two times Alexia mispronounced the word exotic, exotic. Um, so she was saying exotic, but imagine you were saying exotic, like you were saying the word egg almost, like oh, and then exotic, exotic, exotic. Okay. In Cairo are Cusco or Kathmandu. It's all very much the same. So just to jump in really quick, some of you guys may remember that Alexia and I did record an episode talking about the difference between tourists and travelers, and now I feel really stupid for doing that because Pico gives an incredible definition for why that is not the best way to think about travel, and his his way of approaching it is so much more eloquent, so much better. So here it is. But for the rest of us, the sovereign freedom of traveling comes from the fact that it were were no that it whirls you around and turns you upside down and stands everything you took for granted on its head. Okay, so two things really quick. First, the word sovereign, sovereign. A lot of Portuguese speakers have difficulties with any word that has this E-I-G-N combination, like foreign, sovereign. So, for example, foreign or foreigner, or sovereign and sovereignty. We just do not pay attention to the crazy writing and just think this is sovereign, earn, foreign, foreign, okay? And also, Alexia said, it whirls you around and takes you up and down or something like that. To whirl is, for example, a jacuzzi. Sometimes in English, we say a whirlpool. That is just a brand, but some people call it that. And to whirl something means you are spinning it around, okay? If a, if a diploma can famously be a passport to a journey through hard realism, a passport can be a diploma for a crash course in cultural relativism. Okay, I just have to stop really quick and say I love that so much that a passport can be a crash course for cultural relativism. So essentially he is saying that if you want to learn about new cultures, if you want to really understand the world in a deep and profound way, your passport is more important than a degree. It's more important than a university diploma. Your passport is your key to learning about the world. And the first lesson we learn on the road, whether we like it or not, is how provisional and provincial are the things we imagine to be universal. So just a quick um, explanation of the difference between the words provisional and provincial, because these are very similar, and you're probably noticing that Pico writes in a very poetic style. So provisional is just kind of you're estimating something, you're not exactly sure, you're just trying to create the best situation with the materials that you have, 
like, hmm, I don't know. Imagine you were camping and you were just making a little provisional camp. That's a strange example, but it should give you the idea. Then provincial has to do with provinces. So if you think in French, like province, um, my French pronunciation obviously is not very good, but provincial has to do with different areas or regions. So he is saying that all of our ideas in the world are really just kind of created without thinking too much, and most of our worldview and our views of the world are simply, they only are important for our little corner, our little region of the world. When you go to North Korea, for example, you really do feel as if you've landed on a different planet, and the North Koreans, doubtless, feel that they're being visited by an extraterrestrial, too. Or else they simply assume that you, as they do, receive orders every morning from the Central Committee on what clothes to wear and what route to use when walking to work. And you, as they do, have loudspeakers in your bedroom broadcasting propaganda every morning at dawn and you, as they do, have your radios fixed so as to receive only a single channel. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed the first part of the text, Why We Travel. Listen in tomorrow to hear some of my feedback and commentary. It should be funny. I'm interested to know what Alexia thinks about it, how she feels. Anyway, until tomorrow, keep up the good fight. Lose well. Ciao.